Hey everybody, welcome to F This Movie. My name is Patrick Brownlee and I'm joined tonight by my favorite lost boy. That's right, I am here to say to you... Dracula Doug. Thank you for having me on the podcast. Thank you, Dracula Doug. I was going to say Lost Doug, but I like Dracula Doug. Dracula Doug is better. Right? <laughs> Last time you were on the show, we were joined by Ghost Doug. Do you know Ghost Doug? I've met him once or twice. <laughs> he At throws, what kind of a function? He throws the best fondue parties. <laughs> It's very 70s kitsch. What's your favorite kind of fondue, Dracula Doug? Blood do. <laughs> I do the do. And blood is the do that I do. Do you do? <laughs> if you're listening to Dracula Doug, you know it's Scary Movie Month, everybody. That's right. It's our one, two, third Scary Movie Month. <laughs> Happy Scary Movie Month. We are having so much fun. We are kicking so much ass. Uh, more on that in one second. You can find our website at fthismovie.net. We're posting... Tons of content in Scary Movie Month, crazy podcasts, uh, lists, articles, reviews, all horror movie related, so hopefully you're checking all that stuff out. You can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash fthismovie, like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash fthismovie, and uh, email us at fthismoviepodcast at gmail.com if you've got suggestions or feedback or you want me to buy Viagra Our from digits, you. our digits. If yeah, they yeah. want our digits, just yeah, call yeah. us up. Yeah, if you want us to blow up your celly, uh, call me, hit us maybe. up on <laughs> <this movie> podcast <laughs> at gmail.com. One quick thing I mentioned before about the Twitter thing. Bear with us for a month. I'm obvi- or We're tweeting a lot. Yeah. A, a lot of kind of solicitation tweets to yeah. people to get them to... To get them to participate in this right, movie Right, because challenge. obviously if you're listening, if you're a fan, you know that the challenge is a ton of fun, yeah. which was also my nickname in high school. Ton of fun? No, challenge. Oh. Challenge, because I was <laughs> challenged. Um, so we're, we're, I'm trying to reach out to people that if they hashtag something Scary Movie Month, like, just bear with us. It'll be over before you know it. And then you'll be sad, assholes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because this only happens once a year for 31 days. Right. Um, 31 Days has September. Wait, that's not right. Speaking <laughs> of the uh, Scary Movie Challenge, if you don't know what it is, go to fthismovie.net. There's a Scary Movie Challenge tab at the top. Anytime you watch a horror movie in the month of October, post a seven-word review. You've got it figured out. We have hundreds and hundreds of posts. Yes. Um, Thank you here, all so much for doing it, too. You're yeah. all very clever, more clever than I am. It uh, it kicks ass. Here are some of our favorites. That's a damn show. Like this one from Jay Godzi, uh, Creature from Black Lagoon. Gilman steals Julie from two dicks. <laughs> is it really Creature from Black Lagoon? No, it's the Black Lagoon. But, <laughs> but I'm I like trying to be faithful so to what Jay got. Brackets, S-I-C. Yeah, I'm like, my life incomplete. Um, <laughs> Adam, I don't know which Adam, Adam Risky. I'm maybe. pretty sure it's Adam Risky, our friend. Uh, Mr. Risky, Risky Risky. Risky business. V forward slash H forward slash S. Guy gets carried away over monster blowjob. Which is very clever. Again, if you've seen VHS... I like those kind where, like, if you've seen it, it becomes even funnier. Sure. Uh, Michael Piccoli, I hope I have that right. Gorlami. Squirm. <laughs> the best part is the worm face. And I chose that one. I've never seen Squirm. <laughs> yes, but I'm just, I'm trying to picture worm face, and I don't know what it means. <laughs> but I believe Michael Piccoli is a, a Chicago listener who was at the fake massacre that the music box held and squirm was what because he wrote reviews of all the movies uh oh really that were held at the fake massacre and squirm was one of them i've never seen squirm but I i'm curious like, i haven't read anything about wasn't the... worm face your nickname in uh, middle school junior high okay please. Sorry. Yes. worm face then went to challenge right. then it went to doug dracula and then, dracula, <laughs> and then ghost doug <laughs> and then dracula doug i'm going to read the next one as dracula doug all right good 
Let's see if I can do it. <laughs> Steve. I was going to say Steve October, but that's just the, <laughs> the date he posted it. Steve October wrote, Lord of Illusions, my cousin. Gross. That dude's forehead is prairie dogging. Do- I can't fucking... <laughs> Um, Can you take off? What, what absolutely. No, Lord of Illusions was a movie that I recommended. That dude's on. forehead is prairie. I, by the way, this is the same thing that happened last week when we recorded. Yeah. I have the worst angle to read these things. <laughs> I'm sorry. Point this towards me. All right. That's not any better. <laughs> that dude's forehead is prairie dogging. I uh, recommend You turn it back towards yourself. Lord of Illusions on a recent uh, Netflix, this movie. I'm the that worst we at this. talked about it on the like two shows ago on our others podcast, we talked about Lord of illusions and then other things happen. No. Um, so it's funny to read this review and you know what prairie dogging is, right? I don't know if I do. I know okay. what a prairie dog is, but I don't know. Prairie if I know. dogging is like a weird colloquialism for like when you have a little bit of poo coming out, like, uh, like a turtle head. <laughs> I know also, tur- oh, oh, now that's prairie dogging. Speaking in my and language. If you've seen, Lord of Illusions, the guy has a hole in his head and this thing starts to come out. And it's funny. Anyway. Not Prairie Doging or what Ni- I tried to say? Niles. God, I'm the... Niels. Niels? Niels. Ni- Niels. Uh, the Thing. Here, doggy, 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 doggy. Bad dog. Very nice. Yeah. J.M., I'm not sure if I'm going to say this last name correctly, Vargis. J.M. Vargis, The Burning from 1981. The Weinstein's Empire starts here. Costanza's Harry. Very nice. Uh, Clint J says Slither, Killer Slugs, and Pam still the receptionist. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny because I get both yeah. of those references. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Liz October. Damn it! I did it again. <laughs> no, she's married to Steve October. <laughs> They're the October. So you're saying I have no chance with Liz? <laughs> Liz, if you're listening, <laughs> ditch that Steve <laughs> <laughs> and get with me. <laughs> Don't do it. He wants to talk. Blah, blah. <laughs> and that and some other things. <laughs> the Sentinel 1977 version. I didn't know there was more than one version of The Sentinel. I didn't either. Maybe she's singing. There's a, a movie that's not a horror movie. Wasn't there The Sentinel that I came believe out? so, yeah. Okay. Uh, the Le- Douglas, maybe? The Leotard lesbians were the best part. Nice. Uh, I saw The Sentinel last year as part of the uh, massacre, and so I get that reference, and I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, and then lastly, we don't typically read um, entries from our own people, but I thought this one was so funny that I had to read it. Our own Eric Asperschlager says of House from 1986, this movie sure departs from the norm! Norm! Sorry. Brilliant. Hold on, let's, do it again. let's try it again. Okay. No, this movie norm. sure... Oh, God damn it. <laughs> God damn it. Um, hey, buddy. Hey, Cliff Clavin. <laughs> hey, I'm here with John Ratzenberger, who incidentally stars in House 2, the second story. They decided that, like, oh, our thing is that we have cast members from Cheers in... Also, we've talked before about your alien, the alienation moment. You know what yeah, I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Growing up as a kid, Should when we ha- refresh people's memories. Oh, um, it was only like in recent years that we were having a conversation about the movie Alienation, and Doug was like, "Oh, alienation, <laughs> alienation, alienation," <laughs> and then I felt like a dummy for the rest of my life. So it's totally going in the glossary, and it's totally going to be the alienation conundrum. Um, <laughs> So, when I, was a kid, when I was a kid, uh, House 2, the second story, came out, and I just totally took it at face value. Oh, because there was a House 1, that was the first story. It wasn't until years later that I figured out, like, oh, the second story of a house. <laughs> 
That movie's super clever is what I'm getting at. I like House Three Stars coach from Cheers after he died. So he's a ghost. Ghost coach? Ghost coach. Goach. <laughs> That's right. I, I met him. Douglas, keep, uh, keep writing in the Scary Movie Challenge. We love uh, reading them. And if we didn't read yours on the show... It just means that we can't read them all, but you should keep writing, and hopefully we'll read one on uh, on the next episode. Doug! Yes? Have you seen anything scary lately? I, I, I did. I have. I, I must. I will. <laughs> Do! Um, I want to say something about JB. Don't say something. JB is a son of a bitch. No, JB <laughs> is a great man, and here's why. For many reasons, but I'll, uh, one reason specifically is that JB is a... Um, I think hoarder is too strong a word. No, JB, <laughs> he definitely buys his favorite movies on the best possible formats. Yes. He bought stuff on, uh, I assume, VHS. Yep. He bought stuff on Laserdisc. Yeah. He bought stuff on DVD when it was like the flippers. He's bought the better versions, the remastered versions on DVD. He bought then the Criterion stuff on DVD. And most recently, he's bought stuff on Blu-rays and the best possible Blu-ray options. Now he's uh, moved on to iTunes downloads. Is that really what... No, absolutely I, not. You know what? I, it's not too far off because that's the, there's no, the physical world of collection is soon over. But he's collected so much stuff that he has oftentimes a backlog of stuff that he doesn't want or doesn't need. And he's such a good friend he to pay, me. He pays it forward. He pays it forward, and I just, I sit on it. Yeah. So you he gave me recently... shiv a toddler. You're like, I'm going to stab Haley Joel Osment. That's such a weird deep cut for pay it forward. What are you talking about? That's the only thing I remember from pay it forward, <laughs> and how much I hated it. I remember nothing about pay it forward. Do you remember seeing it? I loved it. Do you remember seeing it? We saw like a sneak preview. I don't want to talk about pay it forward. It's scary movie month. But we saw it in a sneak preview, I think, with some ladies, possibly Erica... I don't know if we were seeing it, we saw it with the girl you dated at the time, but another friend of ours who's a girl, and it ended, and the girls were crying, and I remember turning to them and saying, are you fucking crying? <laughs> I was so angry that they were crying at that movie. They're paying their tears forward. It might not have been the right uh, response. I'll make the connection. The girl I was dating is yeah. now dead, who's also a ghost, and that's what makes that story scary. <laughs> Thank you. She died of horrible circumstances in a dream house. <laughs> Um, listen, so, or, uh, sorry, uh, JB is so nice to me that he oftentimes will say like, Hey, I have this older version of a movie that uh, I, like he just bought the universal, uh, Blu-ray box set. And so he gave me some old universal monster movies and I've seen a lot of them, but I haven't seen a couple and there's a bunch I haven't seen in a long time. And I wanted to watch Bride of Frankenstein again. Long preface. Sorry about that. No, that's all right. Uh, Bride of Frankenstein I saw and, you know, what can you say? Obviously, you and JB talked about it a lot on the podcast um, a couple weeks ago um, and talked about a lot of other other movies, too. It's considered the best movie, the best horror movie ever made. It's not scary. Um, no. It doesn't... I think at the time, it probably was. Yes and no. I mean, I think it's... I, I think more than any of the universal... The classic universal monster movies, it's playing for comedy, you know? It's but playing like, for comedy, you think? Uh, oh, yeah. I, I, I think parts? that's very deliberate. Um, I think just the Praetorian, like everything he says. Definitely, yeah. Because it's so over the top. Says, okay. Yeah, but the whole thing is kind of like goofy on purpose. I I think James Whale knew that he was making a a, a movie that's very funny. That's such a I had never heard that before. Really? Yeah, I never. Oh heard, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I've heard that the movie. I mean, I I can see why. Parts that's part of, it, of why I think people say it's one of the best horror movies ever made because of the way it sort of combines comedy and horror. Because I can see parts of it, like the Pretoria stuff, is 
funny. The guy is such an over actor. He's <laughs> so over the top. It's kind of They're my only weakness. Right, right. Jin. He's basically Grand, Moff, only Grand Moff Tarkin. Um, I don't see comedy because in the, one of the first scenes where um, the monster is not dead. Yeah. Um, he's like kind of below the, the whatever the, that burned down the barn or whatever that burned down. And he's in this kind of watery whatever and climbs out and proceeds to kill the two people yeah. whose daughter he killed in the first movie. Yeah. And he throws, I mean, it's but now pretty, they can all be together, which it's, is nice. It's pretty vicious though. In fact, watching this with my wife who had not seen it before, like it was still kind of shocking. Yeah. 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 There's so in that respect, it's still scary. I think to some extent. Sure. Um, there's still parts of it though. And I know that it's the best horror movie ever made. And mm-hmm. I'm willing to acknowledge that just like we say, like, Citizen Kane is the best. And that's whatever. and that's what the reputation is. Right. I mean, it's not, you know, there's, but there's a lot of people who wouldn't agree that it's the best horror movie ever made. I forgot a couple things about this movie, though. I just want yeah. to bring up really quickly. Is one the prologue. One is the prologue. <laughs> two, I'm like, what the fuck is this? Because you're like, I, I don't understand. Where did this story come from? Oh, from these authors sitting right. around talking about and it. And I get, and spoilers for, uh, <laughs> for Bride of Frankenstein, that the actress who plays Mary Shelley, Mary Wollstonecraft Shelley, yeah. Later turns out to be the bride, right. um, and I didn't know that when I first saw it. I was kind of yeah. like, "Oh, because even in the the little uh, pre movie titles, they say the monster, the the monster's mate in yeah. question mark, which is a callback to the first movie, which is what they did for the monster." The monster. Right. Yeah. Um, Frankenstein is awesome though in the movie. Okay, so the prologue is kind of weird. Yeah. It's very grand Moff, Moff Tarkin. <laughs> like everyone speaks in this way. That's it's kind of annoying. I wrote a story. Right. And uh, it's it's nineteen thirty five though, so like whatever. Anything I say is like okay, relax. <laughs> but I, I do like at the end where Mary Shelley, Mary Wollstonecraft Shelley, says to the guy, "Earn this," and then she says, <laughs> "Have I lived a good life?" The book ends, and he's like, "What?" <laughs> um, and then I, I I thought it was kind of odd that the monster talks so much. I don't have a problem with the monster speaking, yeah. but it gets to a certain point where he's like, he, he grabs things and he goes like, mm, book, yeah. mm, you know, remote control, you know. <laughs> it's like, those didn't even exist back then. So I kind of had an issue with him. You know, in the in the original book, the monster talks all the time. Like I don't. I've yeah. never read. This is a fucking movie <laughs> podcast, dude. <laughs> Get your head out of your book ass. Yeah, in the, in the book, the monster is very capable of okay. speech. Um, so again, those are quibbles. If the quibbler was here, he might sound a little something. Uh, I rewatched that movie recently also. And, uh, that line where the monster says like dead, good, living, bad, or I don't remember the exact, I mean, it's so dark. Yeah. (laughs) Like, Oh, this guy just wants to be dead. Yeah. 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 He hates being alive. Some history. And I'm sure he talked about this. Living. Is that what he says? Like, yeah. Hate, I, like, I hate living. That is such a dark and sad line. That movie's so great. Um, you, did you talk about the ending on the podcast at all? About, like, how that stuff was tacked on? No, we did not. I, that's interesting, too. I kind of yeah. forgot that. Yeah. That the, the uh, how do you want to put it? Like, the recut was, like, we if have you to watch, make sure. Yeah, in a wide shot that the movie ends with, like, the doctor, not the doctor, the monster destroying everybody and saying, like, we belong, we belong dead. dead. Yeah. But he tells Dr. Frankenstein, like, no, you live. And that that's kind of, that was a reshoot. Because if you watch in the wide shot, Dr. Frankenstein is very much in the scene where the the laboratory is collapsing and everybody's going to die. Something interesting. And they reshot him escaping with his 
with his wife, fiance. I think, uh, yeah, I don't know if they're a fiance or wife. She who's seventeen in that movie, by the way. Good Lord, he's thirty. JV would know all this. The like past thirty-five. Is weird. Yeah. And she, well, it's not that much weird because I'm sure that same thing would happen today. It's always younger actresses. With yeah, that's older. True. But she, she, he's thirty-five or so. He actually died like a year later, I think. Colin Clive. Yeah, he lived to be thirty-seven. Wow. Of like alcoholism and. I think he was crushed by a monster. <laughs> well, he did have it coming. <laughs> you live for a little bit. He did keep. <laughs> Don't make any long-term plans. It's weird that the monster that is reshot. Is tacked on. Cash out four hundred one k. So, what have you seen lately? <laughs> um, I'll talk about two movies quickly. One that I hated and one that I continue to kind of like. Um, on Netflix Instant, I watched a movie called The Video Dead. <gasps> yeah. I mean, you can picture both of those things, but not together, right? Well, video's so scary because yeah. I don't even know, I don't even own a VCR. It's about zombies that come out of the TV and it's... Yeah. Utter garbage. Mm-hmm. It's it has a weird cult following, as almost any horror movie does, and that's sure. part of the problem with like loving horror movies and being a part of that community. Is like it's so broken up, and you can find champions for any movie. Sure, uh, the Video Dead is about to you know sort of get some sort of weird legitimacy because um, Shout Factory started this new Scream. Yeah, they started this new label, Scream Factory, and everybody's just in love with Scream Factory because they're putting out these, they're putting out Halloween two and three, and they live and the Fun House and Terror Train and movies that people genuinely love on these great Blu-rays with all these bonus features, and it's like, oh, thank God for Scream Factory, but they've announced their next wave already, <laughs> and guess what, guys, <laughs> the well is dry. Uh, it might be. I mean, again, I appreciate that they're putting out movies that have sort of been hard to find or whatever, and somewhere. Someone is like, finally, the video dead is getting the treatment it so richly deserves. But the video dead is one of them. So now it sort of has this stamp of approval, like when Criterion put something out. I thought it was garbage. I mean, it's you like... You see it on Netflix, though, you said? Yeah. Okay. It's, it's just, it's bad special effects. So I should not Netflix this movie. Correct. When we start a column, don't Netflix this movie, <laughs> the video dead will be in there. Um, so I don't know what else to say. Bad makeup effects, bad gore effects. Is it old? Uh, 86, maybe? Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, video, you know. You know yeah, it's yeah. not coming out in, like, the 40s. Right, right. Unless... No, no. It's, <laughs> it's from the 80s. Wait, but do you, do you think... Nah, no, no, it's probably the It's 80s. one of these movies that's clearly shot with, like, five actors, and most of it is, like, in the woods, and, uh... I, I, I'm familiar with those types of you movies. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, the only thing I would give it credit for, without spoiling it, is that it does have... It kills off characters that you think are going to survive. <laughs> so it's like, well, I didn't think that guy was going to die. Or girl. Or both. Right. Um, the other movie I watched recently, for whatever reason, I felt compelled to re-watch Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. Okay. The sequel to his remake of Halloween, which is not a remake of the original Halloween 2. Um it's a fascinating movie. Again, we did a whole podcast on Rob Zombie's Halloween, and we talked a lot about Halloween 2, Mike and I, uh, two years ago for Scary Movie Month, so I won't spend too much time on it. But, you know, his original remake of Halloween is pretty hated. I kind of like it for weird reasons, but it spends half the movie totally departing and spending all this time on, like, Michael Myers as a kid, and this is how he became Michael Myers, which is why so many people hate it. It's like, no, the whole appeal of Michael Myers is 
he's evil for no reason. Don't spend, you know, an hour explaining, oh, he's evil because he grew up in this awful white trash upbringing or whatever. Because his mother didn't talk to him. Exactly. Or she was a stripper and... That would he, make me talk to his mom. Oh, he sat on the curb on Halloween mind. night while she stripped to love hurts. Um, and uh, <laughs> and then the second hour is like a really rushed remake of Halloween. And it's like, this isn't whatever. So then he goes and makes the sequel. And at least this time it's like, oh no, he gets to do his own thing. Because it's crazy. And Michael Myers is only sort of like this weird supporting character, spends a lot of the movie without the mask. He's like this big, uh, like, burly sort of hillbilly man with, like, this huge beard, and he's just, like, walking across the country. I don't know why he got (laughs) on the other side of the country. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But he's to get back to Haddonfield. Hashtag Michael Myers problems. (laughs) (laughs) He eats a dog at one point. Um, What is it, Korean? What I like about it... um, is that it really follows like the characters in that were established in the first movie and it tries to sort of explore like the effects of the first movie on these characters again it will take too much time to explain but so many horror movie sequels are just like okay we killed off everyone in the first movie here's a new group of people who are also going to be killed and this movie does some of that every once in a while michael myers just comes across like some hunters that he murders for no reason. It's just like, well, it's been 15 minutes since a horrible, brutal stabbing. Right. Um, we have to kill some random people, but, uh, that it, that it takes like the Laurie character from the first movie who has become awful and obsessed with like Charles Manson. Again, part of the, I'm spending too much time. Part of the problem with Rob Zombie movies. (laughs) I love it. Keep going. Everyone has to fit into the Rob Zombie aesthetic. So they're all just dirty, dirty, like cult members who (laughs) listen to Alice Cooper. And it's just like, no, why did the, why is their house have to be so covered in filth? And like, (laughs) why are the walls spray painted? Like change up your aesthetic a little bit. Does he only make horror films? He has so far, yeah. Do you think he'll ever make a non-horror film? I don't know. I mean, I'm sure he wants to. I mean, don't get me wrong. The name Zombie is in his name, (laughs) right? But It would be weird, yeah, to see, like... I didn't mean to cut you off. No, 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 it's fine. But there's an element... We always talk about, like, directors um, kind of changing or trying different things. We talk about... I know we mentioned Paul Thomas Anderson as being, like, he's always kind of expanding and trying new stuff and taking on some topic that you're thinking, well, this is nothing like his previous movie, whatever. And then there's directors like, and I like Wes Anderson, but you can make an argument that all of his movies are just kind of the same thing. And I kind of like those who leave their comfort zone a little bit. And I'm just wondering, I would be really interested to see him him make a movie that's not a filthy movie. Yeah, in theory, I would too. Um, or not a, stuff, not a horror you know? movie. Yeah. So uh, enough about Halloween two. I kind of like it. I like it more each time I see it because, again, as I've said a million times on this movie, I like a movie that is a fascinating mess, and that's what Halloween two is. Okay. He's got a lot of ideas that he wants to do. He does sort of take the characters seriously, and I like a horror movie that is sort of character based, even if the characters are shrill and awful. It's an interesting disappointment, is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about uh, the Lost Boys. We what? From 1987, um, on a recent podcast, I think on our other's podcast, I referenced the Monster Squad, like that my brother took yeah. to see Monster Squad yeah. at the second run theater that I grew up near, and we walked there 
And I remember the same week that Monster Squad was playing at the Second Run Theater, The Lost Boys was either also playing or coming soon. Okay. And I remember seeing that poster and really wishing I could see The Lost I mean, I was super happy to see Monster Squad, and I loved it, but like, I also really wanted to see Lost Boys. And it was one of these movies that I saw, I think, in secret. I was 10 when it came out. Well, it's rated R. Right. And I had a friend whose parents let him watch rated R movies and like record them. So I saw Nightmare on Elm Street when I was too young to see it in secret. And I saw Lost Boys in secret. And it was one of those that I couldn't tell my parents that I saw. And yet, pretty quickly, we must have been allowed to see Lost Boys because it was a movie that was on a lot in my house growing up. I think because my (laughs) older sister really loved it. And so we were allowed to watch Lost Boys yeah. all the time. And so it's not the most. Um, it's not a hard R. It's at all. not at all. I mean, there's a little bit of gore at the end, but it's not. There's some swearing. Yeah, but there's no. Much to my chagrin, there's no Jamie Gertz tits. There's no nudity. Well, sorry, was that too harsh? No, it's fine. Okay, no. I mean, it's harsh if you're Jamie Gertz. <laughs> well, no, I'm, I'm complimenting her. She listens. Right? She was a super fox. <laughs> Listen, if anyone out there knows Jamie Gertz, we'd love to have her on the podcast. I, I, she's a fox in this, and I'm like, I was hoping that sex scene between her and Jason Patrick but was But chooses be... to play her role in a very strange way. Am uh, I wrong? Well, no. I mean, let's... Uh, okay, we're, we're getting to, ahead of yeah, ourselves. But I'm saying, like, it's a soft art. Yes. And um, I had never seen the movie yeah. before watching it for the purposes of this podcast. And I, I, I feel like I missed the, 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 the message, the, the, the boat, the metaphor. I missed everything okay. you can say about this movie in terms of when it came out, its, uh, its cultural relevance, yeah. how obviously this was a movie for kind of teenagers and that kind of new wave of cool hipster. Uh, well, it's a movie that was one of those that really found life on cable. Like okay. a ton of people have seen, and I say this not to make you feel bad. Literally everyone has seen lost boys. Um, <laughs> I hadn't. No, I know, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm, but I don't want you to feel bad, but like you're the only dummy that didn't <laughs> see, like you suck. <laughs> For, what? I'm not saying this to make you feel bad. No, no, no. But, like, but it's I about... hate you and the fact of, because that because you of Lost didn't Boys, right? see. I mean, it's <laughs> one of the reasons. Um, it's one of those movies that like everyone saw on HBO. Everyone, you know? <laughs> a lot of people. I didn't. I was too poor to afford. HBO. Uh, saw it on HBO, and so it is one of these weirdly ubiquitous movies. Like, oh sure, everybody's seen Lost well, Boys. You it's know? funny because again, I, I say I missed the boat because I didn't see it in. 87, and yeah. I missed the memo, because I don't quite <laughs> you get... Didn't, you didn't get the memo? No one fucking See, sent Lost me Boys. the memo. <laughs> R.E. Lost and like, Boys. And I'm like, motherfucker, I'm trying to watch Lost Boys. <laughs> Wait, Sorry. what's that from? That's <laughs> a deep... Should I, oh, it's Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> okay, there you go. It's Tim Roth's, like, bathroom monologue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Motherfucker, I'm trying to watch Lost Boys. <laughs> um, Which is a mistake, because The Lost Boys is a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's talk about Lost Boys. Here's never a, saw it. I don't get it. I don't... I, I never... Again, I'm a little younger than you. I'm a lot younger than Patrick. Easy. I'm very young and hip and... Easy, virile. tiny man servant. What? That's you, because you're so much younger. What are you talking about? Dracula I'm Dracula. ageless, is my point. I wanted you to be my little weird Vern Troyer. Oh, dear. Um, not mini-me. No, it's but not Vern Troyer. I made a sex tape, so if that's like mini <laughs> But it's not Vern Troyer. I don't know that guy's name. The Island of Dr. Moreau remake, you know, where Marlon Brando has like an even smaller... That's what Mini-Me is. Like, it's a reference to Dr. Moreau. Whatever. That's it's a, even smaller, though. He's It's so tiny and weird. I don't... So that's... Long story short, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> 
but uh, I, I had never seen it. I, I, but I missed a lot of that kind of, um, and I'm not younger than you. I'm the same age as Patrick, more or less, <laughs> less. Um, but I missed a lot of like, I never saw St. Elmo's fire. Okay. I never saw like the, a lot of the Brat Pack. Yeah. 80s movies, yeah. and it seems like Joel Don't Schumacher worry. made a few of them. Actually, I've seen them all. <laughs> I know you have. But it seems like the director <laughs> like of Lost Boys, a lot. Joel Schumacher had made a bunch. I kind of missed that boat, and part of it was because I'm the youngest in my family. My parents didn't let me see any of that stuff. Yeah. It was more about Disorderlies and Short Circuit Two, and not about Lost Boys or Flatliners. So I missed it. And when I saw it for the first time in October of 2012, yeah. 2000, when it's meant to be seen. It's like, what is this? What is going on? How is this a movie that's in our collective memory? Why wasn't this forgotten about? I don't know. I, I have to believe it's because so many people saw it on cable in 1988. Well, then this is a conversation, and not we won't make it this, but it's again yeah. one of our conversations about nostalgia. Yes, well, about, that's where I was going. Okay. Because you're somebody who has never seen Lost Boys, just saw it, you're like, what is the big deal? Not only that, it's like, what is the big deal? But this is like, a, this is not even very well done. Uh, I, uh, okay, I might disagree. It's not a great movie. Um, <laughs> this is definitely a, a blind spot for me. We talk a lot about the Goonies, and I believe Don Hunt, one of our listeners, coined the Goonies derivation, yes. which is when you love the movie as a child, and then you see it later on, and can you see past your own nostalgia for it? And I can to the extent that I recognize that The Lost Boys is probably not very good. But again, for some reason, I saw The Lost Boys a lot when I was young, and I will always have some sort of weird affection for it. It doesn't mean that I'd still maintain that it's good, but it's one of these movies that I almost know by heart, much to my surprise. Like, I didn't realize how familiar I was with The Lost Boys. So I have this weird affection for it that I know I shouldn't. But whereas I can now see the Goonies and be like, what? That's not very That's good. That's crazy to me. I want to take a step back for a second. You mentioned Monster Squad earlier. Do yeah, you, I did. Do you still like Monster Squad? Yes, I do. Do you think Monster Squad stands up to the Goonies derivation? Yes. So you think, and again, I don't disagree at all. I'm just kind of laying out some groundwork. That the Monster Squad, a movie from 87. Yeah. So obviously it's about a bunch of young kids yeah. who hunt monsters and Wolfman has narts. Correct. And I... <laughs> Monster Squad. You like it despite that line? The the line is fine, but like Monster Squad should get its own podcast someday. Oh, but sure. I'm not I'm not going to talk about Monster Squad. I know you're not, but I was just going to make this point because this came up maybe last week. I'm just so fucking sick of any time Monster Squad comes up, somebody has to say, "Oh, yeah, Wolfman's got nards." Like, okay, we get it. That's well, it's the, the line same thing with Goonies, and I think remember. that they're like you know, kind but of like, like in the, the same There's other lines in that movie. The same box in that people have this memory of the Goonies yeah. and they say chunk or you right. know, whatever. Truffle shuffle. Truffle shuffle. Right. And Wolfman's got nards or Wolfman has nards from Monster Squad. Um, I don't remember Monster Squad that well. Yeah. And again, it could be great fodder for another podcast maybe next year. Um, I want to see it again and I remember liking it a lot. But my point is that I still, and by the way, going back to the Goonies podcast, I still kind of like Goonies because yeah. I still think there's something about Lost Goonies. Lost Boys is my Goonies. Well, here's my point. I like the characters, almost every single character in mm-hmm. Goonies. Okay. There's not one character in Lost Boys that I even like. Really? Not one? Not one. You don't like the mom? Okay, the We're going to talk a little bit spoiler-free. You don't love the grandpa? The grandpa's barely on screen. But I think every moment he's on screen is gold. Okay. okay. I really do. Th- I mean, I love his speech about, like, that's where I keep my root beers. I love his speech about don't pull off the label on the TV guide and 
if you get TV guy, you don't <laughs> you don't need a TV yeah, if you that, get TV guy. He's got the last line right, of the movie, right. which is a great line. Um, you're, you're right about the, the the one scene specifically that stands out is that TV guy line. It I love it. Like it's, it's such a di- weird bit of character. It feels business. Like it's a different yeah. movie though, too. They set up this great character and he pops in and but out. He puts Windex on for cologne. But here's the thing though, too. Like and you I'm just like, mentioned, big fat Greek wedding. Diane Weist is the mom yeah. and the grandfather whose name I es- escapes me right now. Barnard Hughes. Yes. As those two characters, also but Grandpa as a kid, like and again, we're kids in the eighties. Like, yeah. there's no kid. Like, I cannot stand the Corys. Both Corys are god fucking awful okay. in this movie. I okay. Even Corey Feldman in Goonies is excellent as Mouth. I agree, and I still kind of. I he gives a bad performance. Oh my god, it's the worst. <laughs> no, worse is his brother Jameson Newlander. You mean who went uh, on to do Alan Alan Frog? Who went on to do nothing uh, except, except appear in like a Lost Boys sequel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Years later, I've seen both of those Lost Boys sequels. By the way, yeah. Uh, you don't know what bad is until you've seen those Lost Boys sequels. Because if you think Lost Boys is bad, holy shit. Um, here's the thing. As a kid, I think I kind of liked the Corey Haim character. Are we going to spoil Lost Boys? Are we okay? There's not really... I mean, it's not a spoiler like the others There is a sense. little bit of a twist near the end. Uh, but We're that, yeah. probably going to spoil it. So just assume if you're... The second to last person... Well, Doug would be the second to last person who never aye, saw Lost aye, Boys. Aye. So I guess you would be the last aye, person aye, if you aye. haven't seen it. Tune out. But we're going to spoil Lost Boys. Good gracious. Uh, okay. Ass. I just want to be able to talk about specific so scenes or yeah. not necessarily like plot twists, but just specific things without people being like, hey, dude, I haven't seen Lost Boys. I'm waiting until I hear Doug's opinion. <laughs> um, <laughs> wow. so, um, what am I... Okay, so Corey Haim, as a kid, I was like, that character is fine. And actually, I probably kind of liked him because, like, he's kind of funny and he takes the bath and he's like, I ain't got a man. Um, I really know this movie well. But he collected comic books and I think I, I related sure. to that. And okay. he doesn't like horror comics and whatever. I, I like that piece of business, too. That yeah. guy actually was like, the kids gave him some vampire comics. He's like, I'm not interested in vampire. I don't like horror comics. I don't like horror comics, yeah. And, and like, I recognize that as an adult, his performance is incredibly smug and self-satisfied and obnoxious. And The Lost Boys is a movie that, while a ton of people have seen in the horror community, a lot of people hate it. And the thing they point to is the Corys ruin it. And Oh, no, there's so much more that ruins it. I would agree <laughs> uh, that they are not the biggest problem with the movie. And in fact, again... Corey Feldman gives a bad performance, which but, is weird because he's capable of being good. He's good in Stand By Me. He's good in The Goonies, as you said. But I like the character that he's playing. Here's what's interesting about that performance. It's a bad performance, as yeah. you just said. Yeah. What I do like about that performance... Is that he makes a choice? He makes a fucking choice. Yeah. And that choice is horrible, by Agreed. the way. Agreed. It is... But, it, but, but, but with, a, but with a better actor, I think that choice would be great. It's, it's, the way he plays it's so straight. It's fascinating, though. Because yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. I'm going to do this, like, this weird voice yeah. and kind of be from a different movie. Like, I've seen too many war movies from the 50s. Yeah. And I'm going to do this thing. And it's like, oh, dear. Yeah. Don't do that. But it's like he, he commits through the entire... It never varies. It never wavers. Yeah. But I like the idea of the Frog Brothers as, like, they... they I kind of like that, too. They own this comic book shop, but it's a front because, really, what they do is, like, hunt vampires, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you also get the impression that they've never actually had the opportunity no. to hunt vampires? It's four fucking movies, let's be honest. <laughs> because that movie... And, and, and part of that is true if you read about the production. Well, I was going to say, because okay. we, we talked about Monster, Monster Squad and the yeah. Goonies, and the genesis of this project. And of course, Lost Boys is a reference to Peter Pan. Right. So obviously this uh, Peter Pan reference where there's boys, 
young boys who are lost and they be, they're vampires. It's like, that's the, oh, well, and again, you know, the, the, by the, the way, you know, the, the person's like, what if those lost boys, they're like high in some like trailer. Like what if they're vampires really? Well, I think it's, a, I don't want to give it too much credit, but I think it's sort of this interesting idea sure. that somebody's watching. I wish Peter, I had that idea. That somebody's watching Peter Pan and they're like, how weird that like, it's this group of kids that never grows up. Right. They're all flying around. They never right. grow up. And it's like, how do we, how do we, transplant that to present day, like, what would be the kids that never grow up? Oh, vampires, you know? No, I think that's... Don't get me wrong. I think that's a very interesting... Like, I wish I had the idea. Sure. But it does kind of smack of, like, wouldn't it be weird if they were yeah, vampires? Oh, yeah, of course. And of that's course. my that was my yeah. point in referencing... Some... And most of that is lost in the, uh, in the present incarnation of The Lost Boys because Joel Schumacher comes along and has to gay it up. And I don't say that, uh, as a pejorative or like, I don't, I don't mean to knock Joel Schumacher, but his whole thing is like, everything has to be attractive. Everything has to look great and everything has to be sexy and kids aren't sexy, but like teenage boys are sexy. That was definitely my point is that, so the people said, okay, the uh, Peter Pan's lost boys are boys. The original script I want to say was a bunch of kids and much more on the nose, and, where, like, the mom's name is Wendy. And, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's, like, star, there was no female love interest. Star was actually a boy, and there's some younger boys who were the Frog Brothers, or yeah. I think. But it was very much kind of in the same vein as Monster Squad and Goonies to some extent. And then, of course, like you said, Joe Schumacher came along and said, no, let's sex this up, and let's put glitter in the blood to make it, like, ser- <laughs> seriously, like, the blood has sparkles in it, you know? Um, and make it, you know... And it's, it's just... It, it's so... I find the whole experience very like disconnected, like how it's the murder capital of the world. Right. And it's a bustling, exciting boardwalk. <laughs> and you've got these like interesting characters that <laughs> are out in the like, open coexisting with but vampires. Even without the vampires, like that boardwalk seems like a horrible, scary oh, place to be. Oh, don't get me be. wrong. That's like, no place I want to be, but I know it's that. It's all just biker gangs. And, to and me, it reminds me, I've been to Venice Beach a couple times. They read comic books and they're laughing and it's like, but this comic book wouldn't actually be funny. Why are you <laughs> cracking up, girl, who's about to be yanked out of the car by vampires? <laughs> the, um, I don't know if you've been to Venice Beach. I know you've been to LA I think a couple I have. times. It's, it's a crazy yeah. subculture and everyone's... Because I saw the dude with the guitar. Yeah. So obviously everyone there is crazy and on drugs <laughs> and or... <laughs> Not like, to make a generalization. No, no, no. But they're all everyone high <laughs> They all have piercings and have crazy, like, tattooed dogs, and they're doing crazy things with their, with eating fire, and it's a crazy place to be. It's not my cup of tea. Yeah. Um, and I like the beach. I'm human being. <laughs> I'm human being. <laughs> You're a real human being. I am. I am and not a real hero. A robot. Um, so obviously Venice Beach is kind of, it's, it's kind of, the whole point of it is this subculture of whatever and kind of, like, anything goes it's not a place I like to be, but there is kind of a, a touristy element of it. And obviously yep. it's safe and whatever, but this, to me, this boardwalk seems to be an eighties version. And of course in the eighties, sure. things were a little more gritty yeah. in Reagan's America. It was a lot more like shit was going down. There's lots more, it's like weird poverty and the cities were blighted and you've got a boardwalk where I, it didn't seem that far. It didn't seem like they did anything to that boardwalk to make it seem like this is the boardwalk of a murder capital. It seemed to me like this is just kind of a skeezy boardwalk. But I think that's, again, not to give the movie too much credit, I think that's kind of clever on the movie's part. That I think it it's presents, kind of lazy. 
Maybe. But, I mean, do you really need it to be, like, more dressed up because it's the murder capital? Because the whole idea no, no, no. is... I need it to not be a boardwalk. Why is there a boardwalk <laughs> in the murder capital of the world? Like, if this was the, where everyone gets, like, there's murders every night, no one's going out. Uh, or they're going to, like, an abandoned tire yard and, like, they're... they're... Yes and no. I mean, again, obviously the reason that it's the murder capital is because of all the vampires. Yeah. And I like the conceit that vampires are able to blend in so easily sure. because it's already a freak show. Yeah. By the way, are we So I think be- that's kind of clever. Are we supposed to believe that there's only, I mean, without spoiling, like, five or six vampires total? No. I don't think so. And again, I, I think th- that's the reason that I like the grandpa character so much and the reason I like the last line of the movie so much. Well, you can the spoil one, it. I yeah. Mean- that's the one thing I can't stand. Uh, all the damn vampires. Okay. And it's like, because He's the whole movie is contingent on this idea that, like, okay, Corey Haim and the Frog Brothers have just discovered the existence of vampires. They crack the case. They're the only ones, and they find the vampires, and they take them out, and then you get this character who shows up, and, oh, no, he's well aware that there's a vampire problem. Yeah. Um, and so, no, I don't think that the idea is that they're the only vampires. It's interesting, though, because I, I want to believe that, because I think it's a better story, that sure. it's like there's an epidemic of vampires, yeah. but... The movie, aside from, like, that one last line, makes no um, reference to, like, there being other kind of groups or subgroups of vampires. But that's why I think the line is funny. You know what I mean? If, if, it, if, it's, sure, if it's hinted at throughout the movie... I agree that that line is funny because of that. However, yeah. it, it also seems like a tacked-on line, then, to kind of, like, justify other things, like, to say, like, well, it's the... Again, it's these are minor points, but... Okay, okay so the movie is a giant <laughs> mess. I yes. think that the Corey... Uh, Feldman, no, Corey Haim. Yes. May he rest Sam. in peace. The kid is back. <laughs> <laughs> the Haimster and Feldog. We'll get to him later. I think as a kid, maybe I could have identified with him a little more because as a kid, you're not so aware of like hammy performances right. and him singing that song in the tub, which is like, right. why would a kid in 1987 sing a song from 30 years earlier? It doesn't make any sense. Also, why is he taking a bath? Exactly. <laughs> and why is this going on so long? Like, why am I watching a boy bathe? Is the question. <laughs> because Joel Schumacher directed this <laughs> right. movie. He's the 1936 <laughs> born. Uh, you can't even. Anyway, um, <laughs> so you've got his performance as a kid. I could imagine being like, okay, that's uh, that. It's fine. Yeah, whatever. you don't. Yeah. And even like the the Frog Brothers, Corey Feldman, he's making a choice, and I probably wouldn't be as aware of it as an adult. Of course, you're just hyper aware of these things. Yeah. So that's one subplot that actually I kind of like. I kind of like the kid stories. Right. But then you've got. Kiefer Sutherland and Jason Patrick and yeah. and and Ted S. Preston Esquire, <laughs> Marco, please, Marco, Alex Winter, and a couple other people I don't know. Billy Worth was one guy, and okay. the only reason I knew that is because that's the one that my sister really loved. Oh, He's really? The dark-haired. Oh, one. of course she loves. <laughs> uh, Knowing your sister, <laughs> she loved Billy Worth, and I remember watching like American Gladiators, like maybe two years post Lost Boys, <laughs> and one of the contestants was Billy Worth, like not a. He wasn't a gladiator. He was a contestant. Right. Out of it. And I was like, that's the guy from Lost Boys. That's Billy Worth. His poster is up in my sister's room. And you quickly had to find a tape to record this. Like, <laughs> i got to make sure my sister sees this. Where's a tape that I can record over? Uh, totally. I was like, I don't want to record over my copy of Lost Boys, <laughs> right. which is on the same VHS as License to Drive, which I also taped off HBO. <laughs> I can have an all-Corey night. That's right. Um, okay, so then you've got these other, the teenage characters now, too. You've got Jason Patrick, yeah. Kiefer Sutherland. The, They're in the guys. a much more serious movie. It's a very serious movie. And by the way, you pretty much know, if you've seen a movie, you know where this is going right away. Yeah. It's like the inquisitiveness of the boy and kind yeah. of like the rebelness of the older brother who wants to fit in and wants the girl. 
there's a whole nonsensical, like he's pursuing star, Jamie Gertz, and then Kiefer Sutherland is mad, and then they have a motorcycle race, and then he's like, come back to our lair. And, it's and then all- he's like, sure. And then he's like, drink this blood. And then he's like, I'm going to do it. I agree. None of it makes sense. <laughs> none of it makes any sense. And it's like, yeah. why is he like, I get that he wants to, to get in this girl's pants. Right. And then he goes, he's, and he's kind of a rebel to an extent. Right. So he wants to race this guy in motorcycles. They do. Kiefer Sutherland's and like... they hang off the bridge. Yeah. Well, this, this all happens after the blood. But yeah. th- th- he's like, oh, you're one of us because you raced me. <laughs> and I know that, like, eventually they, the reason for this kind of a spoiler is that they wanted Michael, which is said 118 times in the movie. <laughs> did you look that <laughs> I up? I did, yeah. Because it's like... <laughs> oh, there's a lot of it. It's Michael, a lot of Michael, Michael. Michael. Yeah. Um, that they wanted Michael to be Jamie Maggots, Gertz's Michael, character, character's first kill. Okay. And then she didn't want to kill him. So, right. but like they, so they brought him in to kind of like fake their welcome so right. that she can kill him. Right. Um, it, I actually kind of like the maggot scene and stuff. And I mean, that's like you know, yeah. they're they're fucking with his mind. I don't know how. I don't know if there's a logic right. you can apply it, to it. But yeah, no, they, that's never explained how they're able to make it look like worms and maggots. Right. But so I they, say maggots, Michael. You're eating maggots. How do they taste? A lot in my life. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> so you got that. And then they hang from a bridge and it's all like, and then all of a sudden he's floating like my secret identity outside the window of <laughs> That the scene I like. I, I kind of do too. Yeah. Because it's back to like. Uh, now like, listen, you started out this podcast by saying the Lost Boys is total shit. And it is yet, absolutely total shit. And yet there's all these things that you're saying, I kind of like this. I kind of like this. And I, I, I understand but that you're saying. The sum of its parts or something. Yes. <laughs> but to- a movie that's total shit has no good parts. And what you're saying is, here's all these things that might be interesting or might be good that don't add up and that make no sense because they come from 40 different movies. I stand by what I said. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying, you are not describing a movie that is total shit. You're describing a movie that adds up to shit. (laughs) That has... Yeah, yeah. It's like eating six great meals and then pointing to the pile of poo (laughs) and then saying, there's six great meals in there. (laughs) However, it's still poo when I'm done with it. unfalse. (laughs) You're not anti-wrong. Yeah, right. Um, Then there's a whole... Okay, my point is... There's the kids, there's the teenagers, then there's the whole parents. Which also I think is an okay movie. I think that, for sure, (laughs) I think the whole romance between the adults is good. I think it's all kind of well done. And you don't ever see, again, the twist at the end of the movie is that Edward Herman is the bad, the the main vampire. And that sucks and that's just a twist for twist's sake but and even blah, that's blah, not blah. out of left field it's like you no know it's absolutely it's not, gonna not. Be david it's not gonna however be at the same time they do try and subvert that sure. by having a whole scene where it's spelled they out prove, no he's not right and so to then go back and twist it again is reasonably clever i'm just saying this movie isn't without merit <laughs> also because i kind of like the lost boys and sometimes a good shit feels great <laughs> it's like oh <laughs> i feel so much lighter <laughs> Um, I felt lighter after watching the Lost Boys. I like, I like their scenes, you know, and again, it's all sort of ruined at the end when he's the, the main vampire. You don't get to see Edward Herman play the main villain of a movie. Well, um, I like that, I like that uh, it spends some time on this romance between these two adults. I like Diane Weiss' performance. Um, it is a little jarring. Again, it's like, somebody realized that Edward Herman is, what's the grown-up doing in this movie? Oh, let's put him in ridiculous 80s clothes, like that long trench coat that's like, or it's a suit jacket that's like black and white checkerboard. (laughs) At the same time, it's like, no, yeah, that's what he's going to wear, you know, because he's this adult trying to fit in 
on the beach in in California. So I that didn't bother me. The movie has a lot of the same problems, oddly enough, to me, as Interview with the Vampire, okay. which is a movie that I don't really like, and a lot of people do. I kind of like that movie. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan. But I also like gay men. <laughs> because <laughs> the movie exists just to, like, be pretty. That it's yeah. it's all about I costumes. Should, I, let me rephrase that. I like pretty men. Yeah, it's because... all about costumes and set design and production design. And, again, there's interesting ideas. I like the stuff with Kirsten Dunst in that movie and whatever. The performances but, are all pretty good. Yeah, well, sure. Um, nah, I might disagree. <laughs> As I'm thinking back on a lot of the it's performances of the in that movie. During our podcast, you just have to keep the conversation going, so you say, like, yeah, sure, without, like, wait a minute, wait, no, time out, yep, I might bullshit. Disagree. <laughs> um, same with the Lost Boys, it's like, it's kind of a mixed bag. Um, <laughs> and Lost Boys, again, is just because Joel Schumacher started out, I believe, as, like, a set dresser or a costume designer, he was, he was... Oh, really? I didn't yeah, know yeah, yeah. That's how he got his start, and then he became a director. So all of his movies always pay way more attention to, like, the look than they do to the substance. And Lost Boys is a movie that has been set-dressed to death. I mean, the cave where the vampires live, like, why are they hanging up, like, ruching or whatever right. it is that they're hanging there's, up? And there's, like, right? a Jim Morrison poster in there, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But, no, to your point, the, the Diane Weist and Ed Herman... Lorelai, Mr. Gilmore. Yes. Um, it's fine. You know, okay. it's, it's a different movie, for sure. Yeah. But I, I kind of like the, the part of it. But again, just all these different dis, disparate parts. If the entire movie was Michael and David, the rebel Billy Idol vampire played by Kiefer Sutherland, in a ridiculous performance... You know, it's one of these movies that kind of put him on the map. It's like, ooh, he's yeah, the he intense... Was, he was nobody. I mean, he, well, he was in Stand By Me. Uh, yeah, okay. He's like, oh, he's the intense bad boy, you know, and that's kind of the the image that he had for the rest of the '80s and part of the '90s, I guess. Um, but it's the performance is like the the vampire equivalent of the mustache twirling villain, you know what I mean? Sure. Where everything he does is growling and intense, and and Jason Patrick, I think, is guilty of the same thing, and Jamie Gertz is on another planet deliberately so, and that's what bothered, like, Michael, I like Michael, it's a good name. It's like, okay, we get it, you're like a space cadet, and I hate it. <laughs> and Laddie... The little boy. Her, her ward is an idea left over from six drafts ago. Right. It's, you know? <laughs> it's like, oh, and she has this boy, and he's Laddie, and he attacks so that they can say, it's the attack of Eddie Munster! I mean, that whole <laughs> climax... Well, then, yeah, again, my... my so all these things are. Kind I'm of getting like, way ahead of myself, but that whole climax is undone by all the bad jokes. But <laughs> the it, movie's filled with lame jokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what I, I was going to say is, if the right. whole movie—I'm sorry—if the whole movie was the Michael and David sort of intense off between like this handsome outsider who is welcomed into the world of the vampires and starts to become a vampire, you know what I mean? Like Near Dark, which came out maybe a year later, possibly the same year. Uh, the 80s, there was a run of, like, vampire movies. Fright Night and, and Lost Boys and Near Dark and Vamp with... Uh... Not the Vamp of Penelope No, 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 the one with Grace Jones that we yeah, watched yeah, last yeah. year. I've seen it. Not very good, but uh, there, vampires became very popular for a little while. Near Dark, which is a really good movie. I like that movie, but it takes the idea of the Michael and David relationship and it makes the whole movie out of that. Sure. You know what I mean? So if the whole, if all of Lost Boys was that movie... 
I don't think I would like it at all. But because it throws in these other elements, those are the things That's that I like about it. That's a weird reason to like it because it's for me. It's like I'd rather pick a pick a side, pick something, pick pick to be either a kid sure. story like a Monster Squad or Goonies type story. Sure. Pick a teenage story and make it not so fucking serious. Sure. Or pick an adult thing where like they're having to deal with like what happened to our town? All these kids are vampires, sure. and we have to be adults about this. But you add but in three, terms of dealing with what and had horrible jokes and had a bad climax <laughs> where it just is like okay so this is happening and got to like like get all the holy water and the pistols and like I like I liked all that stuff. I like it in theory I like <laughs> it's like this is I, I should love this I should love them having like a last stand yeah and yeah, but you don't instead we have to like run out because Nanook uh, the dog is tied up on the fence and like the the monsters are coming and they all fly in it's just like it's right. so bad. <laughs> I will disagree. <laughs> um, all I was saying was, in terms of, it, like, yes, I understand what you're saying. Like, I like, pick a side, yes, or pick one of these movies to be, and it doesn't. And yes, in theory, it should pick one and run with it. But since it doesn't, in terms of dealing with what we're given, had it chosen to be one of those movies, um, I guess, like, that that Joel Schumacher directs and stars the actors that he chose. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes, in theory, one movie about adults saying like, oh, our town's overrun with vampire or one movie about the Corey characters might be better, but not the version that Joel Schumacher is making. So if it has no. to be, if it has yeah. to be this one, Joel I, Schumacher would have messed all those up. <laughs> so if it has to be this one, we're better off with all these different elements. I, does yeah, that make sense? It makes sense. <laughs> I mean, yes, the words you said, the words that are coming out of your mouth made sense. I also think it's interesting that Joel Schumacher was the second director on this too, that this kind of stagnated in production hell for yeah, a long time. And yeah. Richard Donner was going to By the it. way, might not have made a better movie. I don't, I'm not arguing that. He that made at the all. Goonies. He made um, and this the weapon. Okay, I'm I'm gonna fucking put this out. No, here. no, no. Let me say this. Okay, um, if he made the Goonies, which yeah. he did, <laughs> <laughs> he also made Timeline he, with he, Paul Walker. <laughs> he, I've never seen that. Oh, it was like uh, a movie he made in the 2000s. Like they travel back to like medieval England. Paul Walker, Gerard Butler. No, no, no. November first, then. It's right, like I'll based on it. a Michael Crichton book. Um. But I like the Goonies. I still do. And I think that if... if Lost Boys is the Goonies of vampire movies. Done. It's the Goonies of horror movies. Done. No, it's it's not. Yeah, yeah, it is. No, the Goonies is a good movie. The Lost Boys... The Goonies, you can't point to all these bad things in the Goonies. I could. I do. No, go ahead right now. I want to hear your reasons why the Goonies... I'm serious. Like, because the Goonies is a solid, sound piece of... Aside from, like, I guess maybe... um, uh, uh, we did a whole uh, podcast on that. I know, so but I'm not going to rehash but it. But my point is this, that the Goonies... Go tomorrow and listen to our Goonies podcast and listen to the points I, I make. I'm I not saying I've got... I lived it. I'm... My, my point <laughs> is this. The Goonies is a sound like has a beginning, a middle, and an end. So does the last It one. always feels like it's in the same movie. Doesn't all these... Dis, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Disparate? Disparate elements. You don't even know the word. I win. <laughs> By the way, I recognize that Lost Boys is not that good. I'm not even like trying to argue with you. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, it, no, Lost Boys is great, and here's why. A point of order is that if Richard Donner had done it, it would have been the Goonies. It would have been uh, more of the the original. I think that maybe uh, Joel yeah, Schumacher maybe. is the one that said, "Let's make this teenagers. Let's make it yeah, like, yeah. sexy." No, yeah, you might Donner be. would have done more of a Monster Squad-y type thing because yeah, that's maybe. his whatever. Yeah. It's what he's done before, and it's what yeah. he was familiar with. He would have turned it into Radio Flyer. I never saw that either. Well, he directed it, and it's about <laughs> kids who are abused. <laughs> Who, by vampires. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But Did the I say abuse? Boys, I meant bit. 
<laughs> the Lost Boys, you can't say it's the Goonies of horror movies. You could say... I kind of think no, it no, is. No, you can say that in, in a way that's like, yes, it's the Goonies of horror movies because people... Um, go back and it's a nostalgic movie. That's and you, not even what I mean. But I'm saying you can't, that's the only way you can say that, <laughs> is that you can go back and say, I have a fondness for this movie because when I was a kid I used to watch it all the time. Yeah. That's how it's the Goonies of Horror Movies. Okay. But you can't say it's the Goonies of Horror Movies because it's a garbage movie with a bad climax. <laughs> it doesn't involve pirate ships at all. <laughs> no, I think in a lot of ways, I think the Lost Boys and the Goonies are similar in a lot of ways. Go on. I think in the same way that you can point to Goonies. What's my, what's my one quote from Goonies? Um, Goonies never die. No. Um, I kissed a Goonie. Or <laughs> <laughs> right, this. Goonies when you're on the toilet. When My quote Goonies. from Goonies is where Terry Green doggy. comes off the screen and says, Patrick, I love you. Right, yes. <laughs> no. My quote from Goonies And is there's no... Well, Jamie Gertz, The one line that... Some, no, I agree with that. Because I never had a crush on Jamie Gertz in Lost Boys the way I do on Carrie Green and Goonies. But the, the line that I always reference or my one lines what's my let me ask a better question what's my one line summary of goonies it's this Ma! because that's the whole movie right it's also kind of all of lost boys the way that that line and attitude pervades over all of the goonies it also kind of pervades over all of the lost boys that specific or you mean something similar that whole attitude of like Ma! You know, <laughs> I think the Goonies is a fun movie. Meaning, so is like, the Lost Boys. No, no, Goonies, Lost Boys is not fun. Lost Boys makes you feel like, why am I in this murder town? A eh? <laughs> like the Goonies is like a beautiful picture. <laughs> the Goonies is it's this has quickly become my favorite podcast we've ever done because we're fighting over the stupidest shit. <laughs> but okay, but hold on, hold on, thought about the stupid stuff. My point is, the Goonies, it's Astoria, Oregon. It's beautiful. They're on this adventure that's, like, fun. That there's never really a a genuine... Even though there's, like, a dead body, it's not like, holy shit, I'm gonna die. I mean, yes, there's the villains, but it's like it's a kid movie. This is like... It's a murder town. Because they're working in different genres. I understand this, but then you can't... I don't think you do. (laughs) Because you're trying to tell me that it can't be the Goonies because there's murders and ugliness. I don't think that's what I'm trying to say. Okay. I think what I'm trying to say is The Lost Boys <laughs> is not very good yeah. for a lot of reasons. Okay. And some of those reasons we talked about, all the diff- different elements that yeah. don't quite add up, that it, it's like, I would like it if, if Sean Astin was the, the Corey Haim character. I would like it if there was a little more grounded, instead of these hammy performances that yeah. are not whatever, that this self The Goonies has no hammy performances. The Goonies has less hammy performances. Um, don't, don't make a face. That's I'm absolutely right. <laughs> we're getting sidetracked on this comparison between the Goonies and the Lost Boys. We Are should we? just stick more to the Lost Are Boys. We? I recognize that you don't like the Lost Boys. I'm not trying to bring you around to liking the Lost Boys. I can't. I shouldn't like. You're the blinded Lost Boys. by your nostalgia for the Lost Boys for sure. I think I opened the podcast <laughs> by saying I have a lot of nostalgia for this movie, so I like it, even though I recognize it's not very good. I opened the podcast saying that. Um, but I also am trying to make a case that there are good things in The Lost Boys. Do they add up to a movie that is good? No. There's a ton of bad shit in The Lost Boys. We could go through right now and talk about all the bad shit that's in The Lost Boys. I'm just saying there are good things in it. There's a few ideas, there's a few sequences that kind of work. I actually think the Last Stand sequence 
uh, I was just about to say it kind of works, but then I started actually playing out the moments in my head, I don't even including death by stereo, uh, which is horrible. Like, so he shoots a guy with an arrow, and then the guy falls down, but then he stands up and says, you miss, sucker, which is horrible. And then he shoots him again, and the stereo turns on and explodes, and then Corey Hames' big punchline is death by stereo. Like, no, fuckhead. Death by the arrow you just shot. But I do like the holy water in the bathtub. Yeah, that's not bad. And I do, even though it makes no sense, I like all the shit shooting out of all the drains in the house. Again, I like the spectacle of that, too. Because, again, I want to like a a, a band of, like, uh, motley... Uh, kids, youngsters who are like have to do this themselves because there's the adults aren't around and they have to like do the A team montage sequence where they like fortify the house. Right. It happens very quickly and it's it's there's so many bad jokes that like it kind of that undercuts everything. And I don't even mind like I don't remember the bad jokes in the final climax. I remember like them flying in the living room that seems way too big. And That's a bad sequence too. Is like the flying around in the antler and yeah. my blood is in your veins and so is mine. Um, <laughs> I like the scene in the cave where they try and go stake all the vampires and then as soon as they stake one he wakes up and screams that, and they all wake up and they been, have to run away my, my, the, the, the part I like the most honestly that whole thing where they like they are such badasses but they right but then they're so hammy about how they like have to drive the car and, they, it's, and, and there's like, that weird zoom where it's, it's like they're about to go thing. over the cliff and because Joel Schumacher is is tone deaf when it comes yeah. to comedy and he keeps trying to like add all this comedy into the movie um, and again, that's part of what makes it palatable for me is that it's not super self-serious. It's silly. And I think, and maybe I'm overstating, I think it kind of knows that it's silly. And I'm not saying that that gives it a pass because Ooh. I think the movie. But I mean, like, the director obviously doesn't. Oh, I think he does. Okay. I think, I think, I think the tone of the movie is he knows that this is silly. Again, that doesn't give it a pass no, because I he also that. knows that Batman and Robin is silly he also made that movie, and he yeah. knows that it's silly, and that movie's garbage. So he just, never leaves the bat cave without it. Just knowing the tone doesn't excuse your movie. Well, I read some quote that he said, like that they were. He said we were very um, thankful and grateful because the studio gave them a lot of time to shoot. That there was no that he was able to hire these kind of relatively unknown actors yeah. before they had blown up, um, and they were given lots of time, lots of leeway with all this stuff. And they kind of were just on, flying by the seat of their pants. Like, yeah, sure, do it. We don't know. This <laughs> right. hasn't really been done before. Right. So in that respect, I will give him credit. But it's also like he just, as much as you want to give credit for a person giving his actors the freedom to do what they want, right. it's like he is obviously uh, not very good at his job. So he has no idea what to, you know. Because, again, he focuses on the wrong thing. He just focuses on, like, how attractive are my actors. Right. And how he's also made like eight millimeter and the number twenty three and such yeah. garbage yeah. movies. Yeah, how are how do the costumes look? And everybody's really like overly dressed for like these weird street kids. They have access to like a lot of leather and chains and like they're. It's almost like they're wearing costume. Like I'm a vampire. I wear my vampire costume. Right. Um. And this is kind of like the first. <gasps> we haven't even talked about the shirtless saxophone player. <laughs> oh well, that's that's another one of those things that every, the way that they point to like Wolfman's got nards. It's like Lost Boys. Yeah, the shirtless sax player. Um. It's such a weird thing going back to that boardwalk thing. Though it's like, why does this even exist in a murder town? Right. It's like, why are they doing a concert and everyone's into it on the beach? Right. It's so weird. It's part of the crazy culture. Right. Um. What was I just going to say about he dresses everybody up and they're wearing vampire costumes and how does everybody look? He focuses on all the wrong things. Fuck, I forgot what I was going to say. Sorry. No, it's fine. 
Say I don't else get about movies. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I, I so I like the siege in the cave. I, I the last stand in theory kind of works. Um, I, I don't love you know again the reveal that Max is actually the head vampire. Although I do like the fact that they spend all that time. Sure, the the, the kind of trying kind of to subvert that smoke and mirrors. Right, like he was they, invited in the house. Right, they like they explicitly say like no no it's not him. There's a scene where one of the vampires goes holy water doesn't work. Yeah. Like, what? I don't even notice. Or garlic doesn't work. Yeah. Or something. It's like, what? You can't make up rules. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's kind of a weird thing. You and know what? Thing- how about holy water, right? I remember what I was going to okay. say. That this is sort of like one of the first, if not the first, like MTV horror movies. Okay. That's not good or bad. It's probably more bad than good. All I know is that. But late- Joel Schumacher was kind of doing something new. Sure. And all I know is in the late 90s, that's all I would watch were MTV movies. <laughs> I love Varsity Blues. I love Dead Man on Campus. There's others. Etc. Et I don't know what they are. <laughs> I'm not going to name them right now. You know what they are. Save the Last Dance, I think, might have been an MTV I production. Um, the Perfect sto- Score? I remember uh, the, perfect score. The, 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 the scene at the end where um, Kiefer Sutherland's character David gets impaled by antlers. Yes. And Antler impaling. And I'm like, wait a minute, time out. That's not wood. <laughs> Why is he dead? Yeah. From antlers, because antlers, that's like a, an organic, from, right. grown from a deer or something. Wooden antlers. Wo- yeah, unless they're wooden. <laughs> um, and then I read that wooden? it was... Uh, Boats are wood! Yes, Sorry. you get to keep all the orphans. <laughs> I I read that they did that, so it was kind of a bait and switch, where for a potential sequel called The Lost Girls, where he would come back because he wasn't killed. Everything you're telling me now is the worst thing I've ever heard. I don't want a sequel to Lost Boys. I don't want Lost Boys the Tribe. I don't want Lost Boys the Thirst. What about- I don't want the Lost Girls. There you go. Ever. I mean, that is idiot screenwriting 101. Just like, well, the first one was Boys. What should we do for a sequel? <laughs> found Boys. <laughs> right. And then as soon as they ruled out Found Boys, they're like, what's the opposite of the other word in the title? Um... I don't want Kiefer Sutherland coming back. I want to believe he's dead because as stupid as that scene where they're flying around is, I it has one of the moments in the movie that I like, which is when Max comes in and looks at Kiefer Sutherland impaled on the antlers and he's not all sweaty vampire anymore. He's just like super boyish faced Kiefer Sutherland. And it's this like little reminder of like, oh yeah, these were kids. Yeah. Uh, before they became these horrible vampires. They were just kids, and now he's back to being just this innocent kid. And it's kind of sad, almost. And I like that moment. There's also, there was a cutscene... Lost Boys is okay. ...for the end, where... I uh, didn't hear about this, tell me! The Max character, Uh, Ed Herman... Yeah. I think he's credited as Ed Herman, by the way, in the movie. (laughs) (laughs) His name is Ed Herman. (laughs) (laughs) That he goes back... I forgot specifically, I'm sure it's out there in some movie website, but like he has been around since the 1800s. Oh, wow. Like, he's an old vampire, and okay. he's been trying to, like, create a brood for a long time. Right. And he goes, and he doesn't die, and he goes back. Something like that, where there was, like, a scene that was shot that never, God, think, you know, whatever. Um, I also found it interesting that there's, um, the reason he wants to, wants to date Diane Weist is so that she would be a mother. Yeah, I, I, and this, I mean, and this. It just seems like, kind of like, yeah, sure. You know, and and it's I think it's one of these things that like I've lived with the movie so long that I I've lived have, with it for like a week <laughs> <laughs> that I have internalized 
um, that idea that is introduced in three lines of dialogue in the last six minutes of the movie. Yeah. And I've rewritten the movie in my head and I got to get back to something. Uh, and then we should wrap up. Um, I've, I've sort of, because I know the movie forwards and backwards now, I just assume that that is sort of woven throughout the movie. This idea that what he's trying to do is start a family and boys need a mother. And that's his whole thing with trying to get Diane Weist. And that's a neat idea. Uh, yeah. And to, to the point that you've been making over and over again, like, yeah, that's one of 50 ideas could that's that introduced the, in the movie and forgot. It's like, it's all these different things. Could it be that together. the movie, I mean, it's just, there's so many rewrites and just like, Oh yeah, for yeah, sure. I mean, it's sure. just kind of like, yeah, that's a great concept. That just that's not addressed and not worked out at all. And right. again, in another movie, and I would be saying like their first meet cute between Ed Herman and, and at, the, at the video store where like, she's like stopping in and she's like, she says bye three times, by the way. She, and he's just she, like, so what are you here helps, for? She helps find the, the boy who's lost. Right, right, right. She finds the mom. But then she's like, okay, bye. He's a lost boy. And then and then he's like, well, what are you looking for? And then she starts talking to him, and then there's like a pause, and she's like, all right, bye. And like, it's such a weird... But know, he figures out that she wants a job. I know, but watch that scene again. It's pretty great how it like plays <laughs> out. Like, okay, bye. <laughs> so he just stands around. She's, uh, I like her in that movie. I um, like her in every movie. Every movie. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, well, it's not a... It's, it's not totally about the lost. Is it about boys. the forty-seven <laughs> percent? It's. Uh, I just want to get super political right at the end. Um, you know how, like, when you see a movie as a kid, there's these images that stick out to you, and you you tend to sort of you remember them wrong. You remember them in a certain way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for years, not for years. I don't know. I I, I had this vision of the scene at the lost at the near the end of the Lost Boys. Um, because you're a kid and everything scares you a little bit more and you almost rewrite things so that they're a little bit scarier than they actually are. When blonde vampire, the only one whose name I don't remember, his name might be Paul in the movie or in real life. I don't know. <laughs> blonde vampire um, gets pushed in the bathtub and then he pops back out and we get the boo moment and then all the pipes burst in the house and they erupt. And what from the first time I saw it until... I guess the second or third time I saw it, there was probably a gap. And my memory was that it was blood that sprayed out through all the pipes that he falls in the bathtub. And then the whole house erupts with blood. And that was the way that I remembered it so much gorier and scarier as a kid. And you see it again and you're like, no, nah, it's mostly water. <laughs> like there's a little bit of blood in there, yeah. but it's mostly just water that, that comes bursting out of the can pipes. I, can I be honest right now? Like, yeah. I just saw the movie. I kind of thought it was blood too. <laughs> There's like, some blood in there. Yeah. You definitely see some blood spray out, but like it's a lot of, it's either horrible movie blood, very watery movie blood, <laughs> or we're meant to just think or, like it's, there's a lot of water. Could vampires be made mostly of water? I mean, humans are. It stands <laughs> to reason that vampires you know, would be as well. It, it's funny you say that like your memories of things are so much better. And we talk about nostalgia a lot. We talk about talking about nostalgia a lot, actually. <laughs> The other day I was like, I remember watching a lot of those cartoons, like Halloween cartoons, mm -hmm. um, when I was a kid. And it totally made me feel like it's fall, it's, you know, the season's right, it's Halloween, it's crisp, the air is great, whatever. And the other day I was at work and I'm like, I want to watch, I remember the Garfield Halloween cartoon. Okay. I'm like, for whatever reason, that one stuck out. It's like, I remember watching that one year and just being like, this is, I'm perfect. I'm in my little like cocoon. I have a blanket around That's me. And I'm like, Halloween falls on a Monday. And so he refuses to get out of bed. Halloween is made completely of lasagna. But I watched maybe 30 seconds of it. And I'm like, I, you, I cannot watch any, any more of this. 
it, it's just it's so unwatchable. And I think that sometimes nostalgia just needs to remain memories. Like yeah, yeah. we've got like I remember the Great Pumpkin being great. I don't have a desire to watch. I know I will if I have kids. I'll probably watch it with them. Um, you should watch Lost Boys with them. Yeah. When they're super young. <laughs> um, and there's other things, too, that, like, I, I just think that sometimes, like, you know, it's better, like, the 80s weren't the best decade for, for pop culture and for movies and for, you know, media in general. The music and stuff is pretty bad. Um, but growing up there, it was we all have this shared kind of consciousness and whatever, and it's great in that respect. And I think The Lost Boys, is, I just did not, um, I didn't participate in whatsoever, like... No, uh, even and, with and, like the Goonies and, you saw when you were a kid, I never saw it, so I can't even like relate to it right. on that element. And nor should you, because I really do believe as much as I'm saying like there's things to like in Lost Boys, and it's neither as good as some of its reputation would suggest with people who love it, nor is it I think as bad as some people who are like oh fuck the Lost Boys, the Corys ruin it. Like no, okay, but there's other things in the movie that right. that you could like. However, I think if you didn't see it in like 1987 or 88 or 89 or something and have this affection for it. There, I don't think there's, I don't think you could like it because it is a mess and it's not that good and it's yeah. really dated. Right. And so to see it in, in 2012, it doesn't have much to offer that right. hasn't been done in other better movies. I hate to sound stupid too, but like so much of the, the, the horror vampire specifically like genre has advanced and people would argue to some extent too far with the whole twilight crap, but there's so much other stuff out there. And I got to think, and correct me if I'm wrong, in 87, this was, and you said there was a little wave near dark yeah. and whatever, but like, it was so refreshing to kind of get this newer yeah. version that wasn't Dracula. That was like hip. Yeah. yeah and now definitely. everything is fucking hip. Right. And it's done better, you know, it's exactly. Like, and that twilight of course says that's right. shit. And that's what it is. It has been done better, but in 87, it was kind of novel. Right. And uh, to a kid who grew up with it on cable, like, yeah, it'll always ha- I'll have a weird affection for it. Yeah. But I recognize that, I don't think people like should go see Lost Boys if you haven't. You know what I mean? It, this is that's then not. Why the... did you say to me the other day, Doug? Go see this. <laughs> we you had to haven't. do a podcast. We had to. We had to. See, you had to see it. It's my job. Um, even the tagline like sort of promises a different movie, and it's got that great poster with just their faces. It's sort of the striking image, and it's like sleep all day, party all night. It's fun to be a vampire, or something like right. that. And it's like, I almost want to see that movie too. That sells like, a different movie because, it's just because like, this yeah. movie is not about how it's fun to be a vampire. I mean, I guess you get to eat Chinese food very late and you do fun. You hang from a bridge. Right. Maybe you get to bang Jamie Gertz, but maybe not. That's never. No, I don't know what their, their relationship is. Right. <laughs> and they get to, and then they just murder a bunch of surf Nazis. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They are definitely, they're total surf Nazis. What's up with that? Anyway, that's Those surf show. Nazis thought they could find like a little home. It's like, this is the murder capital. We'll be totally safe there. We're fucking Nazis. Yeah, right? Again, <laughs> You just described a slightly better movie where it's like all these crazy punk rock assholes I'd like to see that, yeah. think they're the top of the food chain only to find out like, no, you're not. There's right. something worse than you here. Um, there's a lot of better movies in Lost Boys yeah. <laughs> than Lost Boys ends up being. Yeah. So that's our Lost Boys show. And now we never... I love every time we finish a movie, it's like, well, that's our, that's our take on that and we never have to talk about it again. With the exception of The Goonies. Which <laughs> continues... Like a shockwave to ripple through future hey, episodes. It is a glossary <laughs> item. Come on. <laughs> it really is. Not too many other movie titles have that honor. Keep posting in the Scary Movie Challenge. Please do, yes. Uh, thanks for listening. And everybody, see Lost Boys. Yeah, Lost Boys never say die.